Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of the Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And before we get into some football, we'll talk a little football here. I know you and I were both uh, both players back in our day here. Uh, did you see the cities that got announced for the uh, for, for the U.S. for World Cup 2026? Uh, no, the only one I know, well, I know Boston got one and I know Philly got one. Um, I'll be in, I'll see you in Philly. See you in Philly or, well, I mean, the, uh, MetLife Stadium. So New York, New Jersey also got one. Um, do I have to go to Jersey to see a game? I mean, I will, but I won't well, be happy about it. Yeah, exactly. That's like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But if that's where the U S ends up playing, I'll go there instead of Philly. I don't but even I'm, know that I need to see the U S specifically play. Yeah. Do you want to see a different team play? I will go to basically any game. It doesn't really matter to me who's playing. Uh, obviously, U.S. would be a bonus, but like mm-hmm. it could be like Antarctica versus, you know, like New Zealand. I don't care. I'd, I'd go watch it. Um, and with the forty eighteen tournament, we're probably going to get games like that. So yeah, we might. Yeah, we might. Antarctica, they're uh, up and coming. They got a lot of a lot of promise. Could see uh, could see them make a nice run here in the next four years. It's just, it's just a team full of yetis. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking penguins, but that works too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit of soccer there beforehand, but we won't bore our audience because I know most of them are not footy fans as well. Um, they should be. It's hard it's to not tough. be a U.S. Yeah, it's hard to not be a U.S. fan here. We're we got yeah, some. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're not rooting for the U.S. at the U.S. World Cup, you're a, you're a dirty commie. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess like if you're British and you listen to this show and you're rooting, okay, that's fine. If but you're like, in another, yeah, if, if you're you, an American yeah. and are rooting for the U.S. at the U.S. World Cup, get out of here. Yeah, and I don't know if Tim listens here, but Tim, you can root for the U.S. too. You don't need to root for Australia. They made it though. Oh no, they made 2022. Duh. We yeah, they made 2026. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, so, they did make they did make 2022 though. So that's that's big. Um, no, and I'm we have make- some. Yeah, they did. They what beat Peru. Mm-hmm. It was New Zealand that lost to Costa Rica. I watched yes. that game. It was like the worst fucking game. Yeah, they were salty. One of those teams. The both the, both those teams just gonna get blown out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and and sorry for any Canadian listeners listeners here as well. You guys will also be uh, in in that World Cup too. So if you don't root for the U.S., it's understandable. Uh, but anyway, enough enough football talk here. Time to get into football. Uh, before we do that, though, you've, you've made this joke twice now. I know, but you didn't laugh either time. It, it was bad the first time. You thought you were going to bring me around on the second time? Well, I, th- I mean, you don't listen half the time, so I thought no. maybe I would try it again. No, you're right. Usually if I would, it should have been like wah, wah, or like after the first time, and then you wouldn't have had to do it twice. That's, exactly. That That is on me. Yeah, that is it on is. Me. I apologize. You should. Uh, but the, uh, the Devi Guide. Still on sale there. Um, over 250 profiles, rankings, tiers, year one zero uh, theories, all, all of that, uh, all of the class from last year there. All sorts of Debbie goodness in there. On sale at the site, $20. Go check that out. Uh, or you can get that for free and with some of the other guides if you subscribe to the NIL yearly member. Um, so go check that out as well. Uh, Sharp Sports um, dropping some 
goodness on his YouTube channel there. Um, if you're into recruits, definitely go check him out. He also has a promo code over there for you as well. Uh, this podcast is also part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, news still kind of sparse this week, but, uh, we have a couple little nuggets here. The first one, speaking of little nuggets, Hunter Renfro signs a two year, $32 million extension with the Raiders. Um, they just brought in Devonte Adams. They just paid him a lot of money. They still have Darren Waller there, but Hunter Renfro did have a nice big year last year. Um, with this contract, are you buying in on Hunter Renfro for another year here? Or you think he's in for some pretty serious regression? Maybe. I think he'll still regress uh, statistically. I actually have a question for you on this, oh. Colin. I want to toss this back to you real quick. Yeah. Um, what do you think Hunter Renfro spends this money on? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Shoes with lifts. Um, <laughs> that's probably Flat. on he's the gonna list. He's going to bring back platform shoes. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably on the list. Uh, he also seems like the kind of guy who would ride around like on four wheelers. He seems like a four wheeler backcountry kind of guy. I thought you were gonna say like um, like moped or like a moped. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I just was curious. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he would spend it on. He's a nerdy little white guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to fantasy. Oh, okay. Um, I, I want him. I think I want him in redraft more than I want him in dynasty. But I am curious if this signals the phasing out of somebody else. Like maybe they don't intend to really keep Waller around in the future too much longer. I mean, Waller is getting a little bit older. Uh, he started his career uh, super late for obvious reasons. Um, I, I'm curious because they, they're obviously not going to push out Devonte Adams and and more more you know more good players that's good but at some point you know you're you're dumping 70 million dollars into your receiving core like that probably probably not the, the best strategy so i'm curious to see if it means that they maybe have plans for somebody else to uh no longer be there i would assume without knowing the raiders cap situation that they're, they're probably not going to bring back josh jacobs after this year does that seem fair i can't imagine they're going to pay a running back after they're paying all these guys like i don't yeah. know I would. I think that that does. That is definitely a, a reasonable take there on that one, um, which we can talk about that maybe as we get into a little bit later part of the segment here. But they also have Kenyon Drake, who I think is a very easy cut candidate after this year, so that they could clear up some cap with. So if they wanted to work something around to bring Jacobs back, maybe. But they also could be looking at a completely different backfield in in twenty twenty three. But. Their receiver I, I core, no, no, thank you. Um, their receiving core, though, should remain intact fairly well. Um, I think Hunter Renfro can still bring you the steady back end wide receiver two to mid wide receiver two numbers all year. I think he's just gonna be, you know, five catches for 60 to 70 yards and occasionally drop a touchdown for you. He's going to be what Jarvis Landry used to be. Renfro, you think? I don't know if he has that kind of a ceiling. What, Jarvis Landry? Renfro? Do you mean you don't think he has a Jarvis Landry ceiling? Yes. Oh. 
No, I don't think he does either. But like I'm talking about when he was like Landry's a dot was just like negative two every week. And he was just putting up week in week out, like six catches for 60 or 70 yards. I don't have the stats available on a dot, but I'm pretty sure Jarvis Landry's a dot was not negative point two. All right. It was and a little bit of embellishment there. It was very low when he was. Colin, 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 we are trying to earn the people's trust. When you just flippantly toss out statistics like this that you know aren't true, that hurts us in the long run. I'm going to have to ask you not to do that anymore. All right. Well, now you're going to make me look up stats on it here. I don't so. I don't know if I have access to to NF like wide receiver A dot information for NFL. I know I have it for college. I also yeah. don't care enough to look. So um oh. your accusations of me make me want to look this up here. But anyway. Well let's let's move on with the show here. here. Yeah, I was just gonna say we can move on with the show. Um next little bit of news nugget here. The Chiefs said they want Marquez Valdez-Scantling to be more than a deep threat this year, uh, which was pretty much how he was used in Green Bay. They do have a lot of uh, targets opening up with Tyreek Hill out of there. Now, I know vacated targets is largely a myth, but between MVS and Juju, um, which one are we which one are we preferring here with the news that, you know, the Chiefs want him to do more than just run deep? So, Colin, um, this is not a shot at you at all. It feels this like is, I don't love how you're setting this up. This is a reflection. It's, it's we're it's June 16th. There is no news. This is the best news piece, and th- this is literally not like wow, Colin. This is the best you could find. Like it's like Jesus. This is probably the best thing that you could find. It's so so bad. <laughs> this the middle of June just is terrible. No wonder we took like July August off from the NFL show last year and just did conference previews for college. Because I mean, damn. Um. Look, no, I don't think he can be more than a deep threat. He's just not very good. And if you look at the other players on that roster, it's all underneath guys. It's, I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey's not a deep guy by any stretch of the imagination. Juju is not a deep guy. If you're going to use any of those running backs, they're not deep guys. Even like, I don't even know if I would consider Michael Hardman a deep guy. Like he's kind of a shifty underneath guy. Like they, they don't have a deep guy. So if, if he's not he he's not good enough to not be a deep threat only, and there's no other reason to use him. He's on a one year deal. It wouldn't even shock me if he's if his ass is on the bench by November, like yeah. largely. It would not shock me at all. He's just not a good football player. And this is what people are drafting Christian Watson to also be. Just a heads up for anybody that wants Christian Watson. Yeah, I think Christian Watson Watson is going to be the next MVS. So, and I'm not really in on MVS either. Um, I I agree with you there. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he sees very minimal work. I do think Juju is going to be the the lead receiver there. Receiver Travis Kelsey will be the leading receiving option. But it wouldn't even shock me to like just tossing my love for Juju out the window with the rest of the way that roster shapes up. It wouldn't shock me if Juju has 120 targets this year. Like mm-hmm. plus, it, it, that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, especially because they seem to refuse to want to use CEH like that. You're not going to use Rojo like that. 
I mean, you're running, you're running out of options there. Jarek McKinnon, I think they just resigned to a one-year deal, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, like, it, you just don't have a yeah. lot of options. So, um, maybe, sh- maybe you should have paid Tyreek. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah, um, I'll tell you what you don't know, and that is Jarvis Landry's A dot was six point six and six point two for the first two years of his career. He was ranked outside of the top one hundred. So, your face. Did I hear you say negative point two? Then who's whose face are we? Your ing? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, last bit of news and probably the most interesting one on here. Um, the Panthers have reportedly been heating up in their interest for, in trading for Baker Mayfield. Um, you and I are both on record saying. Baker Mayfield hate has gone a little bit too far. He's still a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. I think he's still a serviceable fantasy quarterback. Uh, If the Panthers end up making that trade for Baker, um, and I know you don't do rankings anymore, but where does he slot in for you? Is he comfortably in that QB2 range for you? Yeah, he would be. Uh, I mean, we talked quarterback rankings last week, and I've already completely Mm -hmm. forgotten what I said, except for that I... I like Tom Brady at this point a lot. Um, that was the name of the episode. Yeah. Um, I would say he probably would be a nice a nice long-term QB2 for me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if he went somewhere competent, the problem is you're calling you're, – you're making some assumptions because the Panthers are are surely not a competent franchise at this point. Um, <laughs> if he goes to someplace that's competent, like would a Kirk Cousins career shock you? Would a Derek Carr career shock no. you? Would a – I don't know, I'm trying to think of of some other guys that have that have been you know mid tier. What it, like how Matt Schaub was for a couple of years? Like obviously Baker's a lot younger. Like would that shock you? It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. No, no, I, I definitely think that's in his range of outcomes. And I you know for all the ineptitude that the Panthers have been showing lately, they do have some weapons there. You know DJ Moore is a nice receiver. Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, great receiver out of the backfield. He can also help take some pressure off Baker. You know, Terrace Marshall, we still don't really know what he's going to end up being in the NFL. He was I think pretty, we I think we know. I was gonna say he was pretty raw coming out. So, you know, I think there's still some room for development there. You know, it wasn't too long ago that we were looking for year three breakouts. So I'm not throwing in the towel on him yet. Robbie Anderson, if he doesn't retire, um, also a decent option there. So they have some weapons. So I think Carolina, you could do a lot worse of landing spots for Baker. My problem was sending him to care. Like they just don't really seem like they know what they, they don't have a plan at all. Now, maybe they don't have a quarterback and we, uh, as we, we, you know, everybody talks about all the time quarterback masks, a lot of that, but like realistically you've got an aging running back he probably has about two years left on a, on a really big deal you've got a defense that's pretty good but definitely not not really an elite group i would say um your line is questionable you have no quarterback and yeah you have dj Moore, and then a lot of question marks i don't know like i think it's generous to say they have a plan it sounds like they want cleveland to pay some of his salary i mean if you're cleveland at this point i i don't i don't know what you do I don't know what you do. They're in a lose-lose. I do think that 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 Watson misses at minimum this entire year. So 
but I don't think Baker will ever play for them again, will he? Like I like willingly. Like I don't, I don't think he will. Yeah, I don't think he will either. He's just petty enough of a of a player that I think um, he would not play for them, especially if Watson ends up getting suspended for ten games to all year. Um, I think he would just tell them to go take a hike. Now they did bring in Jacoby Brissett, who is an option at quarterback, which I think is the nicest way you can say that. I'm an option at quarterback. Yeah, but Jacoby Brissett is in Jacoby Brissett is probably a top 35 quarterback in the league. Mm, I don't know. He was pretty brutal last time he was out there. Hmm. Anyway, you could do worse. But yeah, I mean, that's not the point here. The point is Baker Mayfield hate going too far. He ends up in Carolina. I think that's a solid option. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fine. It is what it is. All right, we'll get into the meat of the show here and we'll continue the segment from last week where we're breaking down uh, some rankings positionally by tiers here. Last week we did quarterbacks. This week we're going to do running backs. Then we'll hit you with some wide receivers and tight ends. Running backs are a very interesting crew this year Uh, and we can get into it here but you know our our pre-show discussion um it seems like rb might rb might be a little bit deeper than some other years but i think it's a little less top heavy than other years as well um looking at the rb1s is jonathan taylor in a tier of his own at the top for you there Hmm. it depends on how you play dynasty Really, um, if you're like uh, one of the folks that you extract the short term vol- uh, value out is just as good, and at running back, that's probably the strategy anyway. Then I still think it's put CMC in that that group. Um, and honestly, like I wouldn't count out, I wouldn't count out DeAndre Swift to have a huge year. I wouldn't count out Saquon Barkley to have a huge year. Like, there's definitely guys that I think. I mean, Dalvin might still have a year or two left in his leg. So I definitely think there's some some contenders to say that he's the number one. I, I will say that I think if I was in a startup, Jonathan Taylor is probably the only running back that I would take in the first round if I had to, just based on strategically how I usually draft it. We always assume super flex on the show. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really like taking. I'd rather take like Jamar Chase in the first round than a running back. But I think Taylor would be like the only running back I'd be tempted to take. So if that puts him in a tier of his own by, by saying it like that, then, then maybe, but I still think um, I wouldn't quite elevate him that far. Now watch, he'll, he'll be like, you know, like a, a damn Frank Gore career and play <laughs> for like the next 30 years. But um, I, I would put Jonathan Taylor in a tier of his own at the top for the reason that you just said, he's really the only running back that I would consider taking in the first round. Um, you know, I think that there's, quarterbacks that you can take in the first round that you would feel good about. There's a couple wide receivers there. You know, you got um, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, guys like that. I would consider them in the first round over any of the other running backs outside of Taylor. Um, my running back two, I do have DeAndre Swift as my RB2 um, right in my rankings. So I like DeAndre Swift a lot. And I think that he could make that jump into Jonathan Taylor's into a tier with Jonathan Taylor, but uh, we haven't really seen enough just yet for me to put him up there. So he's like on the fringe, but Taylor's pretty much in a tier of his own. McCaffrey's my RB three. So I get what you're saying. You know, you kind of have to put him 
right there as well. But, you know, we've just, he hasn't been on the field much the past two years. So it's a little bit hard to, to trust him going forward. So that's why I have him behind Taylor and Swift there as well. But <laughs> Taylor and Swift. Taylor and Swift. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like to call on Barkley too. I think Barkley's going to have a nice bounce back year this year. Um, Brian Dabble seems like the type of guy. I know he ran, a, you know, the, he, he helped Josh Allen with his career, but I think Brian Dabble's like a smart enough guy that he's going to use his best offensive weapon. And I think that's Barkley. So assuming health from him, I think he has a really nice year as well. Uh, I do too. Um, as long, I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's fine. And I think yeah. he's had some freakish injuries. Like I, I don't know if I would call him injury prone yet. Yeah, and then, you know, rounding out my top five, I have Najee Harris there fourth uh, as a Steelers fan there. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Najee Harris moving forward because um, you did not mention him in that group you were considering for the top tier. I mean, the problem with Najee is that I'm trying to, like, not – there's not really a great way to say this. He's not super talented, in my opinion. He's a he's a good running back. He's not elite by any stretch. Literally, last year was his volume. And, again, he's not bad. If you put him in a on a team with a better offensive line, he probably he would have rushed, but he would have been more efficient. Like, But I don't think he's the kind of guy in the NFL that is really going to elevate an offense. Like, he's not – special he's a good dude i like him as a person i think he was a wasted draft pick for the steelers blah 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 blah. i wouldn't put him in that tier one i i I, and i wouldn't even put him with swift or barkley um i still think the steelers i know they they've they've used bell cows traditionally but i still i do think they're trying to ease his workload a little bit and if he's not getting quite that workload like i don't know how much better the offensive line is going to be this year i think we'll be a little bit better so, no, I don't care for Najee. I have him in one league, and I'm really trying desperately to move him if I can because I also have um, uh, Brees and Javante. So I'm trying to to get rid of him. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think Najee is in for a decrease in volume a little bit. But, I mean, they lose Big Ben, and you know maybe that is addition by subtraction for their offense. But I don't have a ton of confidence in Trubisky or Pickett at this point. And the Steelers seem like the type of team that would want to ease the quarterback workload for a guy like Kenny Pickett if he ends up starting the year or, you know, not fully trust Mitch Trubisky. I could see them still relying on Najee Harris a good amount. I don't know how much the the, the line has improved. That's going to definitely need to improve so he can get his efficiency numbers up to offset some of the difference in value or in uh, volume. But I still like Najee a lot. Uh, I, I do agree with you though. It is a little bit more volume based than talent based. I think he is a good running back, but I don't think he's a great running back. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, I, I don't know exactly how many targets he had, but he had like 76 receptions on the year. I think it was like seven. He had a couple in the, in the playoffs. So like, you know, let's call it 75. Um, he won't have 75 catches again this year. I no. would be willing to put a decent amount of money on that. So um, I don't know. I mean, maybe do, if the offense is better, do his touchdowns go up a little bit? Maybe, Maybe. Uh, it's definitely a possibility. He only had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, another uh, couple receiving. Um, 
it just feels like he's going to be a guy that that relies on volume, and as soon as the volume is gone, he's gone, and that's just not the kind of back that I really want. Like for his price, that's not a guy that I'm trying to roster at all. Like I'll sell him and get a, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a guy that you know, if they get a little bit of volume, like I would take James Connor plus because James Connor is going to get volume. He's going to get in the red zone, and like there, there's there's ways to maximize on volume without ha- or without like on that skill set without having to uh, have that much cost sitting on on one player. That's not very good. Fair enough. Uh, so we got the the next guys in that group there. Um, you know, you guys like your Dalvin Cooks, your Joe Mixons, your Nick Chubbs, Alvin Kamara, Henry, Derek Henry, uh, all of that crew. And then, you know, you throw in some of the youngsters, Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins, I guess, is still kind of a youngster. Um, Javante Williams. Those are kind of like that next cluster of guys there. Um, is there anybody in that tier there that you're really passionate about this year? I'm not really passionate about anything, Colin. I mean, um, fair point. Who are you passionate about out of that group? I, I will say one guy that I'm passionate about in the opposite direction, uh, and that's Javante Williams. I think he's overhyped right now. Um, they did they brought back Melvin Gordon, and I do think you know that'll probably be a switch where Javante Williams will lead the backfield, um, but. You know, in games in last year, he only exceeded 50% of the snap share in four games last year. Um, You know, and there was only one time that he was over 60, and that was with a Melvin Gordon injury. So he doesn't, with Melvin Gordon coming back, I don't think he's going to get enough of that snap share where it's going to pay off for what you have to pay to get Javante Williams right now. Uh, Javante Williams is very highly ranked uh, by a lot of people. He's going very early in, in drafts. And I just, I'm not there on him yet. You know, I think he's good. I think he'll be f- solid this year, but I'm not willing to pay that price. I, you want to know a secret? I would love to. I'm pretty much never willing to spend a price on any running back. So I'm, I'm with you. Uh, another guy in that group, though, that I think is getting not enough love uh, is Joe Mixon. Um, he has he was an RB four last year uh, on the year in PPR, and then you know he was injured the year before that. Uh, he was an RB ten and RB thirteen, and it was his rookie year where he was splitting with Giovanni Bernard. So in his career. He's been a top 10 running back twice, a top five running back once, and he was RB 13 another year. I don't think he's getting quite enough love because I think he's still going to put up, maybe not RB four, but he's going to be a top 10 running back this year. And he's not always being drafted like one. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. I don't, I don't really have too much to add. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. It's okay. Um, with these running backs, though, something that I've, you know, as I've been kind of looking into them, something that I've been pondering about is, are we going to see a changing of the guard, kind of like we saw in 2016? You know, 2016, some of the top running backs that we saw were LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore, Matt Forte, DeMarco Murray, LeGarrette Blunt, who was second in the league in rushing that year. 
the following year, we had that influx of the 2017 class with McCaffrey and Fournette and uh, Mixon and all of those guys, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, all of those guys. We saw a huge influx in young talent. And it just seems like we might be at that point again this year where guys at the top of these rankings, you know, Christian McCaffrey is on his second run, second contract. Dalvin Cook is a little bit older. Um, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler are all a little bit older. Joe Mixon is, I think he's 25 right now. So he's getting up there, you know, and then we have this great uh, rookie running back class coming in, supposed to be coming in next year. You know, we think we like a lot of these guys. We, we think there's like a top tier talent in Bijan. Jameer Gibbs is very highly thought of. So Art, do you think we're going to about to see a changing of the guard here at the running back position? I do. Um, you basically answered the question as you asked it <laughs> and named every player um, that belongs in the discussion. So, yes, but it's nice because I think the shelves will restock themselves in 2023. 2024 doesn't look like it's going to be like a, uh, an elite class, I think, at the running back position. Obviously, certainly I'll have Travion and then the question marks, but, but some promising early returns on guys like Braylon Allen, like Will Shipley, like maybe a tank Bigsby stays in school and ends up in that class. There's always a guy that kind of stays and surprises or so somebody, I mean, there's, there's other names, you know, Raheem Sanders, we kind of like, so there, there, there are players out there that I think we, we like, I don't think it'll be like a, a super top heavy class, but I definitely think it can restock. So uh, yeah, I think it's about perfect timing. Uh, and honestly, it's really interesting. I think college as a whole is kind of seeing a renaissance at the running back position right now. Um, now, granted, it's still, I don't think no, there's going to be a lot of NFL teams that are willing to use them as like bell cows, but I think there's more and more lately guys coming out like that, that are, you know, like lo look at the 2022 recruiting class. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, I know this is the, the NFL side of the pod, but uh, this is the C2C podcast. You've got... Branson Robinson, you've got Trevante Citizen, you've got Jaden Blue, Nick Singleton, you've got there's a ton of other bigger backs in that class too that, that could definitely break out at some point. So I think there's definitely a, another wave coming. I am interested to see if we'll ever hit the point because we were talking about it before the show. Like it's actually kind of a deep position. Just teams don't really use these guys that way, and they obviously tend to get injured at a pretty high rate. So I wonder if we'll see some changing a little bit or if it'll still kind of be, you know. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon splitting a backfield. Only now it'll be Nick Singleton and Kendall Milton are splitting a backfield, <laughs> or you know, it's something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point about seeing kind of a resurgence in college at the running back position. I mean, Georgia's always going to have their their committee, but a lot of these other top schools and, and Alabama do to, to some extent has a bit of a committee there, but a lot of these other top schools are, you know, getting a guy and they're kind of riding with them. Um, but it doesn't, that, that could be all for not at the NFL level. Like you said, if we're seeing Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in a, in a committee there or JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards in a committee or something like that could a lot go to waste there. Um, but who are some of the last guys that you are okay with as your RB1 going into this oh, season? 
who are some of the last guys? I feel like these questions are really unfair because I don't have rankings. Well, whose fault is that? Yours, because um, you make the show sheet. Um, and you somehow wanted to squeeze this all into one episode. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, the last guy, I don't know. I really like Anchor RB, so I don't really give a fuck as long as my guy is nominally receiving 60 plus percent of the market share on the team i don't really care who my rb1 is and then the other one can be whatever i don't know um i don't know i would be happy with derrick henry as my rb1 but i have him i would have him ranked super low because i don't even like his foot is a ticking time bomb like i think i'd be comfortable with aaron jones as an rb1 i mean it's anchor rb i don't know i i i uh I don't want to say it's, it's a good question. I just don't like this question because running back, in my opinion, it's just not a position that I will ever build around. Um, anyone that says they build around RB is full of crap because guess what? They're really difficult to build a bunch around a bunch of them because all it takes you to snap their fingers and they're all gone. So yeah. um, if someone tells you that they build around running back, I'd be very skeptical. So you you hate you like this question, but you also hate this question. That's I hate the question. Saying. Yeah, it's okay. a good question, but I hate it. I don't think I ever said I liked it. That's that's true. I guess I kind of inferred that when you said it was a good question. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I do think the last guys that I would probably be looking to build my the last guys I'd be comfortable with as an RB one would be that Aaron Jones, um, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, kind of in that group there. I do think Derrick Henry, I mean, we saw him come back at the end of last year. So I'm not overly worried about the injury this year, but given his workload, it might not be the foot that gets him this year. It could be something else, but uh, I, I do feel like he is, he is either one injury away from being done, or he could just be the Tom Brady and he's just a goat and a unicorn and we just continue to doubt him and he continues to prove us wrong i don't really know which one that's going to be yeah um are there any players you could see climbing up into this rb1 discussion next year uh outside of some of these rookies some of these the class of 2023 that we love so much yeah, I mean, I think if ETN proves that he can be healthy, I think he's an obvious one. Um, assuming that Jacksonville's offense isn't still a total train wreck this year, which I don't think it will be. I mean, I still don't think it'll be good, but it, it'll be better. Um, if Aaron Jones get, goes down this year and and um, and AJ Dillon fills in for him pretty well, I think that's an obvious answer because Jones has a very easy out in his contract after this year. Uh, the dead cap. It's like nine mil, but it's it's less than like his cap is twenty mil or something next year if they if they keep him around. So I think that that contract is designed to to uh, to cut him anyway. Um, other guys that could sneak up in there, like I don't know if you would ever be considered an RB one. I still like all the stuff about Ceh and the gallbladder and stuff. Is there? There's there's definitely a world where he has thirteen hundred all purpose yards and eight touchdowns, right? Like I don't think that's that would be like the craziest thing i've ever seen at the running back position we we, we lived through peyton hillis on the cover of madden <laughs> there's nothing that will ever be crazier than that 18 month stretch for peyton hillis's life <laughs> so um 
I definitely think that he fits squarely in there. But those are really the only guys right now that I think are, are lowly ranked places. Still think Elijah Mitchell's probably slept on a little too much. Um, that's probably about where I draw the cutoff. Like, I don't, you you might get some flashes here and there from a guy that's you know, like a Keontae Ingram if James Conner were to go down or, you know, Asan Haskins. But I'd have a hard time being convinced that those guys would ever be a long-term bell cows for an NFL franchise. I don't think they'd ever be, uh, they weren't drafted as such. I don't think anybody views them as such, even if they have, you know, a decent season filling in, I still think you'd be hard pressed to, to get that sort of buy-in. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that um, AJ Dillon was a good call. That's probably who I was looking at there. Um, one guy that it wouldn't totally shock me if, you know, he <laughs> sees a little bit of a resurgence. I don't think he'll get up to RB1 status. Um, but I think Chase Edmonds is have a really nice year in Miami. Um, I'm starting to come around a little bit on him. Uh, you know, if you play the follow the money game at the running back position, he got paid a lot. Um, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was um, Kevin Coleman, Du Bois. Um who put out something about um, Chase, how efficient Chase, Chase Edmonds was as a zone runner last year in the limited attempts that he got and going to Miami's offense with Mike McDaniel. Uh, it's going to be more of a zone heavy offense. So I think he could, he could surprise some people this year and statistically be a high end RB two. Um, I don't know if he'll ever get his value up to RB one status though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a that's not a bet that I'm probably making. But um, moving on to RB twos, though, like we were saying, RB RB feels a little bit deeper this year. Um, how deep is is the RB two crop for you? Does it go beyond your your normal twenty four? Um, well, I have to again state that I don't do rankings, so um... you don't have to state it every time that people know. Stop asking me specific questions then. Is he in your top 24? Colin, I don't have a no. top 24. We've been over this. All right, so RB2s run from RB13 to RB24. Just just sheer numbers because you just you know, expect that's me how to, it works. to draw these things up in my head, Colin, and 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 just, you know, be able to visualize it like that. I expect you to do a little bit of show prep. Be a professional. What time did we start recording this podcast, Colin? I, I don't know. I didn't look at the time. And what time did you send me this show sheet for this podcast? I'm also not entirely sure about that okay. one. I okay. didn't look at the time. Okay. Um, we'll just leave it there. I'm not beholden um, to time. Time is a construct. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, next time I see you. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, mm, pass i don't know <laughs> going back to maybe back i mean twos. if you like I, I mean any of these guys could be rb2s this year like melvin gordon is like my rb30 he could be an rb2 this year i, I don't know i mean it, it the problem with the rb position projecting it is that it's, it's just like who gets hurt and i guess that's obviously the point of some of the you know roster theory type stuff is you you have a bunch of like damian harris is on your bench just hope a bunch of people die and it's not damian harris but that doesn't feel like a satisfactory answer to your question. And without, 
without having my own rank? No, but we just like we don't know. We don't know. I get people that ask me some of this stuff sometimes, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to answer this question as. Like, you're just hoping that people get hurt, but like not really. Like that's really the 85 percent of the running back position. It's it's terrible, but it is what it is. Obviously, there are ways to you know counteract that a little bit, but it's that is what it is. Answering my own question here, um, yeah, I think there are more than you know RB thirteen to RB twenty four that I would be comfortable with as an RB two. Um, you know, Leonard Fournette, I have as uh, my RB twenty five. That's a little bit more due to age, but I think he's a, a very solid RB two. Um, Miles Sanders, I have at twenty seven. I think he could have a really nice year this year if he can stay healthy. Uh, how much of that workload is he going to get versus um, Kenny Gainwell? That'll be that'll remain to be seen. But I still believe in Miles Sanders' raw talent overall. So you know, if he gets the volume, I think he could return RB two numbers. Uh, James Conner at twenty nine. You know, like we talked about, you mentioned him. He could have a really nice year, just volume dependent this year. Um, Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon. Um, even down to guys like Devin Singletary, um, you know, I could see him having a nice year this year being just an RB2. Um, so, yeah, I think it extends deeper this year than it has in other years. Is it more than other years, though? Because, I mean, there's there's a pathway for, like, 50 guys to be an RB2. I feel like it's that it's that kind of way every, every year. Otherwise, zero RB would never be a thing. I mean, that's a good point. Um but I, I, there's more guys that I feel comfortable with this year, even beyond, you know, the deeper guys that you start to get into, into 30. You know, my RB 13, I have Austin Eckler, Javante Williams at 14, Aaron Jones, 15, Travis Etienne at 16. Like those guys, like I feel like those guys could be back in RB ones, too. So maybe that's a little bit where like the depth is feeling like it's coming from. Like the problem with the wide receiver is there's actually too many talented wide receivers. The problem with the running back is that they all get hurt. I, it, it's like a different pro. It's a different problem for both positions. Yeah, agreed. Um, last one here. Any any RB stashes that you're you're really highlighting here for next year? Nope, just stashing all them rookies that are uh, one injury away from uh, taking a job over. I think we talked a lot about them a couple weeks ago, like the Algiers, the Haskins, the Ingrams, the the Kennedy Brooks, the, you know, whoever else of the world. Um, those are the guys that I'm, I'm stashing, but realistically, I, I mean, I don't, um, I'm not paying up for a stash and even AJ Dillon and startups. Like he's kind of a, a weird stash, but I'm not paying his price for a stash. That's a, that he's a weird one. Yeah. The only guys that I'm beyond what you just mentioned there that I'm looking at and considering is, um, potential stashes for next year are um, Zamir White and uh, Sincere McCormick, both drafted by the Raiders. Well, Sincere McCormick got picked up afterwards, but both on the Raiders. And we just mentioned, you know, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, both are potential candidates who could be shown the door after this year. Um, so those guys could step into unintentional workloads, depending on what they do in the draft next year. But um, Sincere McCormick is free. And Zamir White is is cheap as well. Yeah, the problem on Sincere McCormick is that he's not probably not an NFL quality back. I think he's tiny, he's so small. He is. So 
I was just thinking about that today. I actually had to make some drops for a upcoming, an upcoming supplemental draft. And I was like, damn, why did this dude not like, he's worthless. He went from like a top 10 college back to just fucking worthless. Cause this dude wanted to go get the bag and there was no bag to get. I don't understand <laughs> some of these guys at all. Yeah. Uh, I would, out of the group, I would prioritize white over McCormick, but McCormick, like I said, he's free. So if you have an open spot, he's a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. And again, they could both also be drafted over next year. So, but there, that's why the stashes. Will probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're just stashes. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for us here on the running back position tonight. Like I said we will be back with the wide receivers then next. Um, don't forget to rate and review the show. Uh, Apple Podcasts, which most of you guys listen, uh, drop a five-star rating, drop a review in there. Spotify is a rating system. Uh, check out the other pods. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this on Friday, we got the Future Freshman Podcast. Go check that one out on the feed. Uh, Chasing the Natty drops Mondays. Who, who's he interviewing this week, Colin, on the Future Freshman Pod? That's a good question. I'm actually not entirely sure. Nice is it being smart with me? Is it the is it the running back uh, from yeah. Northwestern, Northwestern. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph Hyman? Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, Jason the Natty dropping Mondays, Campus Life Tuesdays, Davy Debate Wednesdays, Hero RB Show on Thursdays. Um, we also got the official over on the YouTube channel. Speaking of interviews, they are interviewing a ton of uh, guys from twenty twenty three class and 2024 guys as well. A lot of great interviews going on over there. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.